0: Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host for today. Joining me is Carrie Irvin, Director of External Relations and Partnerships with Camp Corral. And she's here to chat about how their organization has used this last year to expand their methods of supporting our military-connected children. Carrie, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Susan. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm excited about being able to share with you and your audience. Some really exciting things that we have going on at camp corral for the upcoming year.
0: Well, we actually had a couple of your teammates on. I can't believe it's been almost a year ago, and I know a lot of people are familiar with camp corral. They automatically think of the camp and all the wonderful services that support our military kids through that opportunity, but. I'd like to go a little bit different direction and talk about this last year, you know, whether it was COVID or other factors. How has the landscape at Camp Corral evolved? Oh, wow. Uh, How
1: has it not? (laughs) Much like many organizations, we've really had to dive deep into our skill set. We've had to dive deep into our resources. And one thing that Camp Corral did is we really dove into the data that we have collected. You know, we've been in existence for 10 years now, and that's 10 years worth of data that we've had access to about real stories, real lived experiences of the military connected children and the families that we serve. So to really understand our future plans for 2022, I kind of need to take just a quick step back in time to 2020. I think a time that many of us would like to forget, but it's a time when we truly began our evolution. Back when we were forced, like many people, to reevaluate how we serve the programs that we provide. And we unfortunately had to cancel our flagship program, which is our summer camps. That was a really tough decision to have to make, especially since we knew that we had thousands of children across the United States that were looking forward to that opportunity. Little did we know until we started diving into the research, just how valuable these summer camp sessions were. So we took that time during the pandemic to dive into the research and we started looking for ways to find creative solutions to mitigate the effects of the pandemic on the children that we serve. While staying true to our mission of transforming the lives of children of wounded, ill, and fallen military heroes across the nation. So we did that deep dive that I told you about, going into our data. So we had that time, right? Everything stopped, but we still had a staff, a small but mighty staff. And we just started diving into the information that we had garnered from all those years of serving this very specific population of military connected children. And we wanted to develop a more complete understanding of what their biggest needs were. We knew the impact and the outcome of what we had been doing at summer camp, but we wanted to really understand if there were greater needs at play there. What we found was an overwhelming need for connections, not just with other children, but with other children who could understand and relate to their very unique situations, right? These are children who are living with wounded warriors. These are children in fallen hero households, gold star children, children who have a very ill parent who has a service-related illness. We came to find out that nearly 70% of the children that we serve perform caregiving duties in their own households, right? 70%. And you're talking about thousands of children. What was really interesting about that is at that time, we were serving children from the ages of eight to 15. So when you think about children at that age group performing caregiving duties in their own households, it was a startling statistic for us. So we utilized that data that we collected to really drive the development of virtual programming because everything had stopped. We could not do in person, but we wanted to stay true to our mission of transforming their lives, of really adding value and enrichment into their lives so we developed virtual programming that was designed specifically to nurture the well-being of that often overlooked population of military connected kids and what we created then was a the foundation of the resilience based holistic programs which is what we have coming for our population in 2022 we are launching a wide range of holistic programming in addition to the 17 traditional week-long summer camp sessions that we have planned for 2022. These enrichment programs include our virtual art therapy, a team leadership and skills learning workshops that we do. We have these vital peer connection groups that we will be having going on. That's a peer network group. And then we have a lot of other engaging activities, but those are going to be our primary focus beyond just the summer camps that we have going on in 2022. And one last thing I would be remiss if I didn't mention is we also uncovered the need for families to respite together and to reconnect. We understood that there was a huge need for respite within wounded warrior families, not just for the service member and their spouse, but also for the children. So we created wounded warrior family camp retreats. So we'll be expanding those in 2022 as well. So to answer your question about what we have coming up, a whole lot.
0: (laughs) Well, I have to say, and I'm not surprised that Camp Corral has actually taken the current landscape and turned it into an advantage to an opportunity for these kids and for these families to still be served i want to go back though just to a couple of things that you shared i think the first thing that really stands out to me is the percentage of kids that you guys have identified as caregivers i think that percentage was 70 percent. is that right
1: That is right. That's a lot of children. And that's just the children that we serve at Camp
0: Corral. Honestly, it's staggering to me. What I'd like to sort of dive into for our listeners and just for myself for understanding this is how do you identify or recognize that a child is a caregiver?
1: Wow, that's a great question. And I think it's an incredibly important question as well, and certainly relevant to a lot of those who I believe will be turning into the podcast, because it's not just parents that we're calling on to help identify caregiving children. We're actually talking about community members, educators, first responders that are going to be in situations where If they have the background and the information, they can also help identify who these children are that are caregivers. One way that we're helping this community beyond just the family to understand who a child caregiver is is through our partnership with the Hidden Helpers Coalition, and I hope, I know you have, but I hope a lot of your listeners have already heard about the Hidden Helpers Coalition. It's a coalition that is led by the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and the Wounded Warrior Project, and Camp Corral is very proud to be a founding member of the Hidden Helpers Coalition. And what we've been able to bring to that coalition is that wealth of knowledge that we have, that subject matter expertise on who these caregiving children are, what the makeup is and what their needs are, as well as the programs that we had already identified as necessary for providing support to these children. And it's very important that we have all of these programs, but we need to know who are these programs going to serve. So that question of identification is very important. And more and more, we are seeing children step up into the role as a caregiver within their homes. And actually, when I should rephrase that and not say step up, because that sounds like an intentional choice. When the truth is closer to the fact that these children are sliding into the caregiver role, little by little, they take on more responsibility beyond just the normal chores expected of children in their households and taking on what these children may view as adult roles often engender a sense of responsibility and feelings of being mature in the child, but they can also over time foster resentment, anger, depression, anxiety, even risky behavior, and definitely senses of isolation. So it's important to understand though that we are not saying that any of this is bad When we're talking about children performing caregiving duties in their homes, oftentimes it's necessary, but what we are saying and what the hidden helpers coalition is doing through our wide network of support organizations is to provide more support for these children. And that does begin with the identification. So, when we're talking about identification, what we use at camp corral is a tool called the activities of daily living. And it's basically a survey. So when parents are registering their children to attend some of our programs, we have this survey that comes up and it's for our use because we wanna make sure that we are identifying who may need these additional supports. And now as a part of the Hidden Helpers Coalition, we have a wide network of resources that we can also make referrals to these families. So we utilize this activities of daily living survey. Susan, I'm going to give you a copy of that so that you can share that with your listeners, too. I think that they may find it valuable as well. The parents complete that survey, and it just asks tasks that are completed by the child on a daily basis. And some of it may be administering medication. Some of it may be performing um, household chores over and beyond what you would expect of a child. We all want our children to do chores at home, but this becomes a responsibility. This becomes something that is weighing on them and a burden to them. So I think that the list is a great tool to use, but the best tool for uncovering if a child is a caregiver is a conversation. I would encourage everybody listening in. Concerned parents, anyone who may wonder if their child is a caregiver or if a child that they are serving or supporting or educating is a child giver, to have that conversation with them to find out, you know, what is their daily life like? What challenges do they face? Try to understand if there is an opportunity for beneficial support, information, or resources to be given to that child or that family.
0: So the list of daily activities or daily duties that you mentioned in utilizing it, identifying child caregivers, I would think that some parents might actually be surprised to realize that their kiddo is actually a caregiver and i know that the elizabeth dole foundation is also delving into this very important topic and they're going to be on the show a little bit later this month to talk about their research and the impact of being a caregiver can have on a child and you had mentioned earlier that one of the things that camp corral identified was the overwhelming need of connections because the military lifestyle is so unique in itself but now you're adding even another layer to that particular family dynamic so how can camp corral then provide that connection that these kids obviously need
1: that is something and i agree a hundred percent with you Connection is something that's vital. And when we did do that deep dive into our data and the lived experiences that these family members and these parents were telling us that they were experiencing, we came to find that common thread of need, and that is those vital peer connections. But it's not just peer connections with children their age, it's peer connections with children who understand and can relate to those unique challenges that come not only with being a military connected child, because we know there's a wide gamut of challenges just there alone, but we're talking about children who are living in wounded warrior households. We are talking about children who have a critically ill parent or chronically ill parent at home, and we're also talking about children in gold star families. So, these are very unique challenges. If they don't have the opportunity to connect with children who understand and can relate, what we find is that they isolate. They segment their lives and a lot of their life becomes isolated from others. And when I say that, I'm I'm talking about, you know, children who are performing caregiving duties at home. One of the youth girls that I met when I toured our Denver summer camp during one of our sessions there, told me that she does not have friends at home that during the summer, she has no friends, 11 years old, mind you, by the time she comes home from school, the home health care provider leaves. And so it is up to that child to be there. She said it's hard for her to go outside and play with other kids and build those connections because her watch Is set for a 2 hour timer from the time she gets home because she has to provide medication for her father, because he's not able to administer it for himself. He cannot open the lids. So these caregiving children, they have to grow up fast often. They're growing up and taking on responsibility that far outweighs. What their peers, their counterparts have. So we know that connections are vital for all children, but even more so for our caregiving children because they need a connection with someone else who understands and can relate to their unique challenges and circumstances. And we really discovered the importance of that. Camp Corral, along with our partners at Psych Armor and DAV, Disabled American Veterans, created. A video and it's a resource video. It's available on our website, but it is called the 15 things that military and veterans kids want you to know. And one of those 15 things really dives deep into caregiving children and what their needs are. And one of the greatest needs that they had was to be understood. They really wanted people to understand what it's like for them to be a caregiving child. These children have to grow up fast. The load of responsibility that they carry far exceeds that of what their age indicates that they should. From talking with these children, creating that video, we know that they love their family and they're very, very proud of the service member's service to our nation, but they're tired. They're tired. They're overwhelmed. They've got increased levels of stress and anxiety, and a lot of times they feel isolated because they don't necessarily feel like people understand what they're going through or that people can relate to them. We heard stories from children who said that they don't feel comfortable inviting friends into their homes because they don't really want to have to explain why mom or dad might be in a wheelchair or why they have to be more quiet in their homes. Mom or dad may look like they're physically fit, but they may be suffering an invisible injury. And these children don't really wanna have to explain that. They just wanna be a kid with others who can understand and relate to them. And so that's so important with the uh, peer connections. And that's why Camp Corral did create these virtual peer connection opportunities. These groups allow children across the nation to build bonds with one another well beyond just that one week at camp. We continue that relationship. And a lot of times it's very intense relationships because they're with one another 24 seven, right? For that entire week. So they build these bonds and we want those to continue throughout the year. And we want to build an opportunity for these children to build friendships with one another that are outside of their relationship with Camp Corral, right? Outside of our facilitation of that relationship. What we have seen has been very promising for the opportunities for these children to enhance their resilience and their mental well being through connection. It sounds like a simple solution. And kind of it is, we're creating opportunities for them to build bonds and connections, but in their communities, sometimes it can be very difficult for them to be able to do that naturally.
0: Well, sometimes the simplest solutions are the most powerful ones. I think for educators, Anyone working with military families, specifically military connected children watching that video 15 things that military kids would like you to know. I think that's the 1st step, as you said, is understanding the situation, understanding the environment, recognizing that there are children out there that are caregivers and who are very passionate about being involved, but maybe struggle with self-care you know we understanding the importance of self-care for spouses or other family members that are supporting their wounded warrior but have we really considered the children that are involved and what steps can be taken for these kids to help promote their well-being
1: great point there susan it truly is and One thing that we found through the Hidden Helpers Coalition, they did a deep dive, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, and I I know that you're gonna be having them on later on, so don't wanna get too far in their lane, but one of the things that was startling that came out of their research with Mathematica is the fact that we have about 2.3 million military connected children across the United States who perform caregiving duties in their homes. And these children are tired. A lot of the attention and a lot of the support, rightfully so, has been given to adult caregivers. The VA has an adult caregiver program, but that starts at 18 years old. There's a lot of organizations out there that do provide assistance and support and resources to adult caregivers. What the Hidden Helpers Coalition is trying to do and what our, our membership I think we're at like 60 member organizations right now, and these are um, official public and private entity organizations, Um, but we are providing the opportunity for education, and that's where I think a lot of it has to start. We talked about the 15 Things video, Camp Corrales, also creating a video that's to be released this spring, and it's called Self-Care, Respite at Home for Caregiving Children. And this is going to be an educational resource for parents. It's going to help them identify whether or not their child is, in fact, a caregiver. And it's also going to be beneficial for other supportive adults within that child's life. So we're talking about educators, coaches, medical professionals. And it's helping them to understand not only whether or not the child is a caregiver, but if you identify that the child is a caregiver, what's the next step? And one of the primary needs that we know about is respite, that need for respite. These children need an opportunity to breathe, whether it's listening to music, engaging in a hobby, reading a book, whatever allows them an opportunity to release the weight on their shoulders for a while. And as easy as that sounds, it does not always happen because of the lack of identification and the lack of understanding of the importance of protecting that time for the child and establishing within the child the understanding of why self-care is important to them. Many times these children will put off themselves, just like military families do, right? This is one of the things that we talk about with military spouses a lot, is putting the needs of others in front of us. We know our service members do that. They raise their right hand and say, they're gonna put the needs of a nation before their own. These children are emulating what they see and what they see is parents that sacrifice self for service to others. And these children, because they love their parents, because they're proud of them, they're emulating what they're seeing. So I think one way that we can help these children is to help them understand by showing them the need for self-care and respite ourselves, and then engaging them in opportunities to find what speaks to them, for respite, what speaks to them for having that opportunity to just decompress for a little while? There is obviously mental health benefits to doing that. About 50% of the parents who have children that attended last year's Camp Corral summer camp sessions told us that they had very deep concerns about their children's mental well being. 10% of those parents told us that their child had either suffered from suicidal ideation or committed acts of self-harm, 10%. And keep in mind, again, these are children ages eight to 15 years old. So that is a very staggering statistic and it screams for the need of parents to identify who these children are that need extra support and then give them that support that they need. Allow them that opportunity to release the weight of the burden that's on their shoulders and give them opportunities to develop positive coping skills. There's all kinds of ways to cope with things and, you know, I see that all the time as a resilience trainer. People talk about finding ways to cope. That's not what we necessarily want to do because there's a lot of ways to cope that are negative ways we want to develop positive coping skills in these children and that's something that comes through education that's something that comes from conversation and it's something that comes from opportunities much like what msec's doing with this podcast and that's awareness
0: well i agree i think awareness is such a powerful tool not only awareness in the community, awareness with our parents, and awareness with our kiddos, because as you said, they're very patriotic. They probably don't even recognize that what they're carrying is a tremendous burden. And particularly with this last year and the isolation, I know we've had the Barry Robinson Center on to talk about chronic or situational depression, but mm-hmm. that's just another layer to this very dynamic situation. But looking at some of the simple steps that Camp Corral is taking, through these virtual connections. And of course, Camp Corral and its summer camps, I mean, that's another great opportunity for these kiddos, giving them those tools to not necessarily cope, but overcome, isn't that the ultimate element of being resilient is the ability to handle things and to bounce back. So, I would before we wrap up, you mentioned something at the beginning called the family respite together. And so we've obviously talked about, you know, the importance of spouses respite, the importance of children who are caregivers having this, but talk to me a little bit about this concept.
1: Absolutely, 100%, Susan, I agree with you. There is definitely a need for families to find that unity, to experience respite together, to enjoy recreation together and to reconnect. And that's why we instituted these family camp retreats because we bring the whole family together in a safe environment, physically and emotionally safe environment for them to be able to respite together, to just take a break from the daily stresses of their lives, come together as a family unit and develop opportunities to build resilience together, to see what that looks like as a family unit, to get a better understanding of how they can help encourage and enhance one another's resilience. And, but we also talk about the importance of the fact that being resilient doesn't mean that all of your struggles go away, right? I mean, we're talking yeah. about real world, real life. And one of the things that we hear about with military connected children a lot is that they're dandelion children. And in one regard, I really like that because they they can just sprout up anywhere. They can, you know, overcome challenges. But when we talk about military connected children and military families being resilient, we have to also keep in mind that we allow them the space to ask for help. We allow them the opportunity to say, I'm struggling, we need support. And that's what these family camp retreats do so very well, is they bring these families together and help them have that opportunity to respite together and to build and reconnect Bonds within the family unit, but we also create a safe space for them to seek support for them to vocalize the struggles that they are having as a family unit and to dialogue with others. Who can understand and relate to those challenges that they face and it's that conversation, I think, and that feeling of. I'm not alone. Our family's not alone. There's others out there that are facing the same challenges as we are. But there's also others out there that are enjoying the same triumphs that we are as well. And that bonding with your family and with other families, I think, is so vital. And just giving that safe space to say, I need support. And that's why it's so important for Camp Corral. We look at ourselves as a very collaborative Member of a community, and we understand that we cannot do it all. Just like we're telling these families, they can't do it all themselves. Ask for help when you need it. Camp Corral understands that we can help identify needs, but fortunately, we have built amazing relationships with organizations like MSEC, where we can send and refer families for support when they need it.
0: That's one of the things I love about being part of the military. It's really an extension of family. Mm -hmm. You know, our community is here to support us in our highs and in our lows. And organizations such as yourself that are bringing attention to Maybe some unmet needs, uh, bringing attention and acknowledging that it's okay not to be okay right now, but Mm -hmm. here are some resources, not only to help individuals, but to help the entire family, because when the entire family is doing well, then the service member is doing well. They can focus on the mission that they have. I really appreciate how camp corral is focusing on. The concept of that when our community thinks of the wounded, the ill, the fallen military heroes, that they're also thinking of their children, because I know that that is a strong belief for Camp Corral. And I think that is such a powerful revelation to go into 2022 with. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate this candid conversation. It's one of the things I love about this podcast and just the chance to bring more awareness to this particular challenge.
1: Absolutely. It was truly my honor and a pleasure to be able to be a part of this podcast. We appreciate the fact that you've allowed Camp Corral to come back on and talk about the evolution of the programs that we have developed We love our military and veteran community, and we agree with you. One of the best ways that we can serve veterans and military service members is by caring for their children and supporting their children. So thank you for allowing us to share what we are doing to help military-connected children and families across the United States. We really appreciate the opportunity.
0: And for our listeners, we are going to include in the show's notes, not only information about Camp Corral and their fantastic summer camps, but we're also going to include the information in regards to the videos that were discussed today, the list of 15 activities that can help you determine if your child is a caregiver, and we're also going to put some information about that connection opportunity through Camp Corral that Carrie shared with us today. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.